ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position. Ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing. Cause I'll be willing and dealing. Find me the trade. Cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 83 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast. I'm Andrew Hall at Andrew Hall FF. With me this week, my co-host in the B chair is Scott Sidlow. How you doing today, Scott? Yo, yo, Bengals fan for the week, brother. Let's go. <laughs> I will take it. I tweeted about this. I, I don't mind anybody jumping on the bandwagon. Come on, there's plenty of room. I just get really pissed when you leave for no reason. So you better be careful. You better have a good reason to leave. If the team sucks, I guess that's kind of a good reason. But... Marvin but, Lewis comes back. I was gonna say they're not now. We're not doing that anymore. We're not going. We're going forward. We're not going backward. But <laughs> extra special guest this week, we've got the one and only Scott Bogman. How you doing today, Mister Bogman? I'm good. I will not be jumping on the Bengals fan. Please don't. I know. So uh, being a Steelers fan. So, but congratulations on your Bengals making it. Uh, you know, uh, I was rooting against them every game, but they keep proving <laughs> me wrong. And for your sake. I, I hope I hope I'm wrong again for you, but yeah, don't uh, change yeah. whatever you did. Say the same things. Curse at Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow as many times <laughs> as you want. I'm fine. It's hard with to it. dislike those guys, man. They're, they're, they're studs. Yeah. I know. And you got and my guy, Mike Hilton on that team. Like yeah. it, it's it's a very likable team, which uh, makes me feel weird. So, <laughs> well, that's OK. That's OK. We'll we'll take it. And again, as a Steelers fan, I don't fully expect you to jump on the bandwagon. That would be weird. But like we were saying before we recorded, I do. I did cheer for the Steelers. I do cheer for the AFC North when, uh, you know, the Bengals aren't involved. Mm, but I can't do it. I know. I know. And I'm, I'm weird like that. I'm not. You're a better not person normal. than me, Andrew. You are. Not, I can't do it. Not sure about that, but I'm not normal. I'll just say that, <laughs> like I, you know. But anyway, uh, before we get too deep in, we are planning on talking about some coaching changes tonight. That's going to be the main topic for us and talking about how that can maybe impact some players for fantasy. Obviously, we are a dynasty podcast. We want to take the long-term approach, and coaching changes can sometimes be a really good way to change values on players. So we're going to get into that. But before we do that, in case someone hasn't heard of you or hasn't seen you around them mean Twitter streets in a while or hasn't heard you on a bunch of different places, why don't you tell people who you are, what you do, and kind of where you come from in this fantasy world? Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm, uh, you know, Scott Bogman. You can follow me on Twitter at Bogman Sports. You can find most of my work there. I always tweet out all the stuff that I do. Uh, I started with Chris Welsh doing in this league uh, in 2014. So I've been doing that for a long time. Um, I just started um, working. Well, this foot, last football season, 2021, I started working for fantasy pros as well. And actually this is the first platform I can announce that uh, I am starting a new show on fantasy pros next week, the dynasty show uh, myself and Pat Fitzmorris are going to be taking that over for fantasy. Phenomenal. Pro. So, thank you. Thank so you. I'm, stoked for that. I'm That's excited for it, man. I'm super excited. Pat, just a, a great, every time, um, Joe, I'm like, yeah, we're going to get Pat, Pat on Joe, our boy, Joe P's P would be like lovely human being. Yes. What a lovely human being. Yeah. 
and he is he, he's a great dude and yeah. um we're gonna be yeah. taking that over and uh you know diving right in on quarterbacks to start so that will uh be starting next week so stoked that will be high in the rotation yeah, oh, yeah man i'm pumped for it and then i do of course all my fantasy football work over at uh in this league as well with myself and the welsh we do uh you know two fantasy football shows a week during the season Plus, we do um, uh, Bet This League, which is we talk about football betting, of course, becoming bigger and bigger every single year. So we started that this season as well. Plus, during the draft process, since I do college fantasy football as well, I uh, talk about the draft. So uh, I have In This War Room is what what I call that one. And I'll have another one coming out uh, probably the same day as this comes out on Friday. So, um, yeah, lots of work. Plus, that's not even counting all the baseball stuff I do. Uh, I'm on Sports Grid as well. See if you can wing edge for college football. Um, so, yeah, man, I'm a line star for DFS with myself and Casey Bubba. Um, yeah, I'm talking to a microphone a lot yeah how long can we go yeah it, it's it, just just imagine that's all the stuff i listed all the stuff right. i do all the time too and i'll have a mock draft next week as well uh coming up on fantasy pro yeah so it, so it astounds me because i feel like i feel like i know you but i have no idea who you are at the same time and, I, and by that i mean i feel like i see you all over the place yeah like, i feel like you're in right. so many different places i'm like is that the same bogman like that can't be like that guy does so much so it was funny we've, we've had joe on a couple times and he's like when you got to have bogman on i'm like of course we do. Like, what the yeah. hell? Like, what am I doing here? Like, yeah, it's such a good fit. You know what I mean? Like, I just, yeah. So it's really good to meet you. Really good to have you. Yeah. On, thanks for having me on, guys. Get, get into it. some weeds tonight. Obviously, you know what you're talking about, right? Whether it's baseball or basketball or football or I don't know, curling. You're probably doing something for the Olympics and something <laughs> fantasy Olympics. No, I don't have any time for the Olympics, man. Oh, you don't like, have time I, for that. Oh, it's no, only every no. four years. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't have I don't have time for it. So I I don't think I've watched one second. Of I haven't either. The Olympics yeah. either. So I which either. I feel bad for. Like I want to you know root on our country and everything, but I don't know, man. There's too much draft prep going on. You know, too much stuff in the background. Too much baseball. And you know, finishing up my baseball rankings for the season as well this week. So, yeah, lots going on, but no, no curling for me. Not quite yet. Well, something we always say on the uh, on the DAP network is there is no offseason. It's just a non point scoring season. So, like, it doesn't stop. Right. And yeah. Dynasty and whether it's whatever sport it is in Dynasty, this is yeah, this is our favorite time. This is when things can really make it. You can make a big difference for your team. And if you ignore it, you can make your team terrible without doing a thing. Um, yeah. So we always tell people, keep grinding. Don't give up. This is when this is when dynasties are made. I, I honestly believe that. And this this stretch from January to the draft, I think, is really when a lot of things happen because I think a lot of managers take this time off, and we don't do that. Yeah. You're listening to this, you're a junkie, you're an addict like the rest of us. Like you're into this, you're you're diehard. And obviously, if you're if you're listening to us, you probably have heard of Bogman on 13 other things and followed him <laughs> for a while. But glad to have you on here tonight, Scott. So let's get into some of these coaching changes. I know there are a lot of them. Um, I'll kind of list them off, and then maybe what I'll do is I'll kick it to to Sidlow first, and we'll kind of ping pong around and see what we want to get into. But here we go. There are nine head coaches that we're going to talk about in, sort of, and then there's some other offensive coaches and defensive changes, but let's start first of all, with the big coaching carousel, we've got giants, the New York football giants hiring Brian Dable, which I think again, huge, crazy idea. Uh, Raiders hiring Josh McDaniels. What a, what a, what a guy that is. Jaguars hiring Doug Peterson off the, the trash heap. Dolphins hire Mike McDaniel. Uh, Bears, your Bears, Sidlow, hiring Matt El Eberflus. I always want to say that one wrong. Broncos hired Nathaniel Hackett. Texans hired old familiar for you, Sidlow, Lovey Smith. Vikings hired Kevin O'Connell. And the Saints hired Dennis Allen. 
Whew. That is quite a list. That is a carousel and a half. I think there are some interesting names in there, though. Silo, who do you want to pick up first? Who do you want to talk about and get into? Well, um, I mean, There's no listen, wrong answer. You know, here's the thing is you got to look at some of these hires are defensive guys. Not many, as you can tell, only the stupid teams, the Texans and the Bears specifically, <laughs> and apparently the Saints, I guess. But um, yeah, uh, you got, you know, so for the Bears, Matt Eberflus is really not going to have any effect on the offense or what we care about for fantasy wise. You know, maybe overall strategy a little bit. He wants to be a little more balanced, whatever. OK, every defensive coach says that, right? Um, but you know, it's, it's really Godsey is running the offense there. He comes over with zero track record, no proven anything, really no system, nothing that we know of. Um, so just really, um, LaFleur system from green Bay. That's the only thing that we know that he knows, honestly. And there's a lot of guys like that this year. I mean, there's, there's a few retreads. Um, you know, there's some guys we know Doug Peterson in Jacksonville. We know we know what he's gonna do. We can look at his Philly track record. Um, you know, he's from the Andy Reid tree. Um, you know, Dable, he's been around, he's been with Belichick and Sabin, and and we know what's happening there. Um, so it's kind of a long way working around here, but uh one of one of the interesting ones, uh, I think actually is Ken Dorsey, and he is replacing Brian Dable in Buffalo. And so, listen, uh, not a lot's going to change, right? They're going to keep doing what's working because obviously they're crushing it there. But it will be very, very interesting to see what happens with Josh Allen, right? Is he going to continue on this trajectory? He's been pretty much unstoppable, um, you know, as really taken over as the QB1, right? Uh, even ahead of Mahomes in, in some cases. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see if they figure out a, a run game. They started to establish there at the end of the year. Will they bring in another running back? Will the, you know, what is the real story behind, like, you know, Zach Moss being RB1 and then being inactive and then Matt Breida being RB1 and then being inactive and then Devin Singletary being, a, you know, what's going on there, right? And then they're going to have some wide receiver turnover. And uh, so that that's one to keep an eye on. That's one that interests me in a move that, Really, we didn't even mention it because it's not really a big move, well, right? That's what I mean. Like, it's it's more of an offensive it, coordinator change yeah, that has yeah. a big impact, yeah. or at least it could. But it also, it like you said, it could have no impact, right? But th that's what's so weird. It has a really big swing. I guess, Bogman, are you on that same page with, with that being the biggest thing for you? Or is there some of these other coaches that you feel like are more important to their offense? Um, I mean, I, I, I think some of the coaches are more important. But I think that in, in Buffalo what Ken Dorsey needs to do is just listen to Josh Allen, right? Uh, yes. You need to, and that's what Brian Dable did. And I, I think that's just what you need to do. If you're any of these coaches, you know, that's why urban Meyer didn't work in Jacksonville because we're going to put in my offense. We're going to run things away. I do because I won national championships. If you don't listen to your players, it doesn't matter. The players are on the field. They're doing 90% of the work. You can't you can't make them win with your 10 percent, but you can screw it up. And, yep. and I, I think that's the the issue with a lot of coaches is I've won and I did and I and blah, blah, blah. You got to listen to your players. So as long as he sticks with Josh Allen, I'm I'm with Scott, man. I, I would uh, love for them to stick with one stupid running back. If it's going to be Devin Singletary, then fine. You want to draft somebody else? Fine. We all thought it was Zach Moss going into the year, and that, and he wound up inactive week one. Um, and Rita, we get it. He's fast. Does he do anything else? I don't know. So well, he gets hurt. 
Uh, he does. You know what? Yeah. He does. He's fascinating. He gets hurt. So, yeah. you know, it might as well be Tatum Bell. So uh, hey. I, I just, um, you know, I, I would love, love for them to establish something else, but the whole thing works around Josh Allen. You add weapons around him, which they've done. Uh, you know, you get that offensive line to be great. You know, they're, uh, five quarters away from the Super Bowl, uh, this team. So, you know, you get him five, get him, uh, whatever that would be nine quarters better and you can win a Super Bowl. So, yeah. uh, you know, that that's what they need to focus on. But I kind of like, um, well, I shouldn't say I like, I don't hate the Doug Peterson hire because oh, yeah. I, I think after what they went through with urban Meyer and Jacksonville, uh, you know, when Leftwich took his name out of contention, I think everyone thought Leftwich oh. was the obvious choice. And yeah, good for him, actually. Yeah. Great good for him. him. Great yeah. for him. You yeah. know, uh, if if they're not going to listen to you now, they weren't going to listen right. to you ever. So that's right. You know, stay stay in Tampa Bay and take over when Bruce Arians retires. He can't be far Which away. Which will be next year. You know? Yeah, it should be. So, yeah. um, you know, I I think that um, he made the right choice. But bringing Doug Peterson in, Doug Peterson is very much a player's coach. You know, the the players like him. It, he worked well with Carson Wentz. We've seen Carson Wentz hasn't done a damn thing uh, since. Um, since his boy Doug Peterson left, he won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles, you know, so yeah. we know it can coach up a quarterback. You happen to have one with some of the best traits we've ever seen coming Great into news. the league in, in Trevor Lawrence. So I think that, you know, once again, players coach, it, it'll work, but you kind of have to be wary because the reason he's available is because his players did quit on him in yep. Philly. So uh, we know that not a lot of guys are going to come back, but um that was a strange thing. So, you know, you can get a little too loose uh, being a player's coach. And I think that's what he did in Philly. But, you know, everything's a learning thing. You know, all these people talk about Josh McDaniels in Denver. That was not like, what, a decade like a ago? A decade like, ago. My I, God. I mean, come on. The guy was smart enough to, uh, you know, accept a job and then realize he wasn't ready for it and back out. <laughs> Everybody thought he, we were waiting for, you know, uh, the hoodie to retire for him to take over New England. And that yep. didn't happen. And I think he stepped into a good spot where him and uh, Ziggler can go into Vegas and say, we're going to do it our way. And this is how we're going to do it. And, and this disconnect between coaches and GMs, is just ridiculous. There's no way that we should have a new coach in Miami, but you know, uh, personalities don't work out. And I love the Mike McDaniel hire. I, I think he's a, a great option there. A little shaky voice in his press conference, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I think he'll get over that and, and uh, and get better with the media. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, lovey. I don't understand at all. I, I like Lovey's a great person. The, the dude just got fired from Illinois, you know, and luckily you don't have to recruit for Houston because you just pay your players money. But, I just, I don't know, man. Hey, you he know. had that defense fighting last year, you know? I mean, he 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 had him, he had him going. I mean, hey, I look, think the man, players I, love I him. respect you for it's sticking up for thing, your boy. He, <laughs> he's he's a great person. And look, it, changing Illinois is going to just take, you know, some act of God, not Lovey Smith, yeah. right? So uh, he could still be successful in the NFL. But I just think this is a, you know, we took our swing at a couple of the guys we wanted. None of them hit. So we're going to go back and hire Lovey. I have no idea what Casario is well, doing here. So it sounds like to me, though, is you kind of like the palate cleanser coaches. Like, you know, like that Lovey is sort of in that same vein, but like something that's like just different. Just just if it's not working, change direction. Right. And that's kind of, but that's kind of what Lovey is, too. Isn't it like isn't it the same basic premise where like 
Bill O'Brien like ran that team into the ground and then left. And like they had a, an interim coach that I don't think anybody really expected. But if that's to what Lovey around. was, what what was Cully? Well, I agree. And I, I think Cully was actually pretty good, but like they had an interim coach that I don't think like Cully, who wasn't really, I don't know if he was really gonna stick around. I just don't think if they wanted him to. And so I think there was this logic of, well, if if it's not him, let's go to someone else and have a buffer. And that's kind of what Lovey Smith feels to me. He's like a placeholder, like somebody that right. they can kind of clear the drama, get the palate cleansed for whoever they really want in two years. That's really what it feels like to me. And that's kind of why I said the the trashy pile for for uh, Peterson, because it feels the same for that, too. You know, Jaguars have had a ton of drama this year, uh, whether it's warranted or not. Urban Meyer did not do any favors for that team. And I just feel like Peterson, a familiar coach and name people have heard he's retread, bring him in. People will forget about us. And then by the time we need somebody, the drama won't be there anymore. He's a palate cleanser. That's exactly right. and It's not a negative, but I don't see Peterson or Smith even as 10-year coaches of this team, wherever they it's are. Just, you know what I mean? Like, that's just not who they are. Look, if Peterson had success, I think he could do it. I just love, Lovey is an older guy anyway. Uh, and um, I just, why would you want to bring in anybody for a couple years? I honestly, I would have, if, if I didn't find some, I know you want to hire your head coach in a certain amount of time to get to the senior bowl and the shrine bowl and all that stuff and, and prep for the combine and, and everything. But if that guy is not available, I'm not going to just hire an old vet. You know, I know someone has to coach a team, but I'm going to, I'm going to hold out, man. I'm going to try to steal one of these college coaches away. Uh, I'm going to go find somebody else. that's going to get, well, my I guys think excited. they will. I think they're just trying to keep some consistency year to year and having already having him there on the defense and, and the defensive guys reacting well to him. And then now they can put Pep in a position to run that offense with Davis Mills and kind of try to build something there. So, I mean, I don't hate it from that standpoint. I mean, I get it. You're right. It's not, they're, they're a total mess and they should be trying to do something bigger and, and, you know, more long-term, but I actually don't mind them just doing something as far as stabilization, because that might be the first step in some cases. Yeah. So, well, so and I haven't had to worry about this being a fan of the Steelers either. So I don't, you know, uh, it's not a yeah. like I'm just saying yeah. I haven't like I haven't gone down the rabbit hole except for one time, and that was between Russ Grimm, uh, Ken Wisenhunt, and and Tomlin. That whole off season, I was right. I wanted Russ Grimm to get the job. I didn't know anything about Tomlin, right? So yeah, uh, but then when they hired him and I heard him speak, I was like, all right, I can get behind him. Well, and so, I want to clarify, I'm not saying that's what I recommend or that that's the right move. Course, it's just that's the move. That's what it feels like. You know what I mean? It's like, let's and I, it's kind of that old way of doing football where it's like we don't need to. Hide, let's just get somebody in. Let's get us back on track. Let's walk before we run all those, like you know, kind of Tomlin-esque sayings. Right. right where it's like, right. Let's just get Cliches. back in the, in the grind and do the one thing at a time. And we'll, you know, all these little things. And I think that maybe you hit on it perfectly there, said, though, it's it's consistency for Houston. And and I honestly, I'm kind of wondering if they're grooming Hamilton to become the new guy after Lovey leaves. And so part yeah. of it is like, well, I don't you can't promote Hamilton to head coach. I just don't think that makes any sense with where things have gone. So I'm wondering if this is kind of, again, that consistency, that long term plan. Let's put it's Lovey like in the bridge, let's, the bridge. Let's coach, shift it. Right. Yeah. Let's yeah. shift everybody to the left one position. You know what I mean? Let's just move everybody up one. We'll keep what we have. It's kind of working. Let's grow from there. I don't mind that if that's what it ends up being. And I don't I just I, feel I don't like see the Lovey bridge. Smith. The, the bridge cult coach kind of saying is insulting, but I mean, Lovey knows he's old, you know, well, that's so kind of what I mean. Probably yeah, it, isn't. It's not like, it's not like it's a Josh McDaniels is a bridge coach that no, that's insulting right. for Josh McDaniels. It's not even a Mike McDaniels, a heads coach. Like not that he's not a bridge coach. Like, no, that's right. insulting to a young coach like that. But to someone like Peterson or Smith, they know who they are. They've had their time in the sun. They've right. had their fun. And now they can come in and be that, that older grandpa presence 
to kind of calm the team down, get get the drama back to a manageable level because that as much as you don't want to say it, that off the field stuff really does affect on the field. I mean, so one big piece of drama in Houston right now. So oh, a yeah. couple of them actually, but yeah, the, the big one is obviously the quarterback, right? right. And then yeah. you've got the Terod Taylor stuff too. Like, is he the guy maybe? And like, you know, he got hurt. Maybe he goes like, there was a whole bunch of controversy there. Then there's the running back group where they had, they, you know, they signed four guys for one year, all in their thirties. Like what the hell are they doing? There's I feel so like if questions. you want to find your QB of the future, you should just uh, sign Tyrod Taylor. So yes, uh, the Steelers go get, go get Tyrod Taylor. And let him play two games, and then whoever steps up behind him, just don't be Mason Rudolph. Just God. puncture his lung, and oh, you'll be fine. God. It'll be great. Yeah. Not Mason Rudolph. Well, so I do want to pivot, though, because you were talking before about Buffalo and how that, that team is going to be very interesting. I'm actually very confused about what to think in, in New York. Are we now touting Daniel Jones as the next Josh Allen? I mean, that's too easy. It's not sure that you are if you're trying to trade line. him. Well, yeah. this is what I mean. <laughs> this is what I mean, though. If you're paying attention right now, that's clearly not true. But if you're not paying attention, you can be sold that narrative. You can be told that story and say, Daniel Jones just didn't work in that offense. They, We've you know, seen Daniel Jones run a little bit too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's yeah. got the same kind of skill set that, you know, he but obviously Dable liked that in Buffalo. He's going to sign there. So don't he's worry about it. Well, that's a whole different I want, game. I want you to be in Pittsburgh. <laughs> I do. I, oh, I would much, that would be interesting. I would much rather have to, than Mason Rudolph or well, yeah, Wayne I Haskins. I, I would much as rather. As a Bengals fan, I do not want that. But as a fantasy fan, <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be a good fit. I hadn't thought of that. Trubisky and Pittsburgh would be an interesting Dude, Tomlin fit. the whole season, you know, and I, I kind of felt bad for Ben when he was saying it, but like, come on, you know, uh, Tomlin talked about how he wanted a mobile quarterback. And I'm like, well, no one you have on the roster is mo Josh Dobbs is the most mobile guy, and he's not is he very, technically on the roster. Like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he's, he's got an earpiece and he's standing next to Ben on every play. He's more of an offensive coordinator, but uh, you know, he's the most mobile guy you got back there outside of putting the ball in Najee's hands. You know what I mean? So, uh, I, I just, uh, Malik Wills makes a lot of sense. I just don't think he's going to last. Well, yeah, th there's going to have to be some, um, moving of, of picks around. I feel like they're going to have to move up if they're going to do anything. And I don't know if the, if the Steelers are the kind of team to do like that. Yeah. I know the Bengals Col aren't either. Colbert's last year, he might take a swing. So, uh, maybe, we'll see. Maybe. I could, yeah. I've seen weirder things, right? Sure. We saw, we saw, saw Ben Roethlisberger. Meyer hired as a head coach in the NFL. So, <laughs> Kind of. I mean, was he really? I don't, it's hard to even say. Uh, he um, did have the job, you know, for a little well, bit. So speaking of that, then let's pivot to this. Do you remember last week when everybody was talking about the uh, Vikings and getting Harbaugh and how it was like a locked in thing? And Thank he was God, like, yeah, never mind. I'm out. And then they go, and get, no. they, they go get Kevin O'Connell. And I'm not sure what I think of Kevin O'Connell. I don't know much about him. Sidlo, do you know a lot about this guy? What are your thoughts on Kevin O'Connell? Like, are we looking yeah. at Kirk Cousins as like a new, you know, has new life for Rocky on his 30 so, teams? Cousins? Yeah, here's Kevin O'Connell. Essentially, he was a quarterback um, in college. He I was drafted, that, yeah. I think, or he by the Patriots. Um, he bounced around practice squad guy. He didn't really play, um, but he spent some time under Belichick uh, there. And um, so he came in in 2017 was his first prominent position um, with Washington and under Shanahan. Uh, then um, or I'm sorry. Uh, who was there? McVay. I believe was there, and then they all those guys moved on, right? That whole staff. Oh, yeah, yeah, there, yeah, and there. McVay, right? They were there. Mm -hmm. um, he was quarterbacks coach, and then I believe he became the OC at one point. But you think about that system. Um, he actually 
the last few years has changed it up a little bit with uh, the wide zone scheme that they're kind of famous for. He's been more adaptive, running more duos and even power at times. And that's really changed the Rams offense a little bit. And you've seen them have a lot more success. So he's looking at more like the quick passing game, get the ball out of Cousins' hand, spread it out a little bit with those receivers. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do because that offensive line will need some turnover there to to fit um, some of that scheme. Because um, remember, that's Kubiak has been there in Minnesota, oh, yeah. which is very similar to that Shanahan system. Essentially, Kubiak and, and Kyle Shanahan's dad ran those systems together. So um, there will be some overlaps, certainly. And I think it's good news for offensive skill players there. We'll just have to see who he brings in on the offensive side to help him run things because he's still he's again he's young he's from those systems but i think there's similarities to like a zach taylor right yeah um you know being under mcveigh and then coming in and having to find his way and I, i'm sure there'll be a couple learning years there um but the real kicker is Kirk cousins then right so he's right. a massive contract for this year and so he's likely going to be there i keep seeing him in these you know trade rumors and what i it's I mean, it would be a Carson Wentz type trade. They'd they have want to put him in Pittsburgh still bad, but Pittsburgh doesn't and, have the cap space because he's yeah, he going to yeah. make like $40 million this year. That's yeah. 38 or something. Yeah. It's it's wild. It, it would be very equivalent to the, the Carson Wentz deal. And obviously the Eagles like were forced to get rid of him. Minnesota's not in that position. So it doesn't really make sense. I don't see him going anywhere. Um, so we'll just see because if he's not running the play action stuff that we know Kirk Cousins is good at, um yeah you're right it's it's an interesting hire but it's it's copycat league right well, you see what zach taylor does and now you're like well let's go get the next guy it's it's well, o'connell so i was gonna say like kevin o'connell didn't really i don't know I, this is gonna sound terrible and it, it I, he's better than i am at so many things it's not i'm not trying to talk down but kevin o'connell i don't think he really called the plays in la like what was he actually coordinating there you know what i mean like it, it worries me i don't worry it's not the right word but like it concerns me to be like what did he even do? Like, what would you say you do here? You know what I mean? Like, what are you just running practices? Like, I, and I'm not trying to I talk again, to I'm not the customers. To, yes. Yeah, so the, so the engineers don't have to, right. But like, that's what I'm saying. Like, is he literally, I talked to the players. So Sean doesn't have to, like, <laughs> is that literally his whole job? And he got, a, I mean, that was kind of Zach Taylor's job. So I'm not really bad mouthing it much. It's just like, I'm curious, like, what do we know about this guy? I guess, what Bob, I, do you have a take on this? What I read about him, because I, I didn't know a lot about Kevin O'Connell. I, I read a little bit about him uh, when he got hired, and they said that the thing that impressed ownership in Minnesota was he had a plan around Kirk Cousins to win and mm. presented that plan. So uh, that's why it was him and Jim Harbaugh. I think, uh, you know, I don't know what the hell happened with Jim Harbaugh. I think what happened Harbaugh was they got him in a room GM. and they went, this guy is a psychopath, and there's no way we can hire him. Correct. Jim Harbaugh is the only person that made Colin Cowherd likable for any amount of time to me. So <laughs> that like, was awesome. That uh, yeah. was awesome. Yeah, I was like, I, I was like, I can't believe I got to agree with Cowherd on something here. But booting <laughs> Jim Harbaugh off of this phone call was the absolute right decision. So <laughs> so uh, funny. Know, I, I, I just Harbaugh right. Harbaugh is an unbelievable egomaniac. You know, I, I know people don't want to, you know, oh, he's a humble, he's a college coach. Yeah, he's well, a, Sidlow's he's a Michigan fan. So I like he, he definitely him. knows Harbaugh. I That's why I it. wanted to get his opinion. Yep. I mean, oh, I look, knew, it can work. I knew he, he got wasn't to the going Super there. Bowl. I knew he, he wasn't going there. So. You know, he, he he got to the Super Bowl and in it I think I think him interviewing with Minnesota was almost like uh sticking it 
to Michigan for making him take that pay cut last year. I think that yeah. it was more about that leverage. The, the, yeah. yeah. Well, leverage. yeah. And getting your money back and all that stuff. Uh, then he, he actually well, and he lost McDaniel back to Baltimore and yeah, uh, Gaddis is unhappy. And I mean, there's going to be a lot of shit, you know, it was, that was a great year and we had to enjoy it because it's going to be kind of fucked up. again. Yeah, he for a bit, he but... pissed off Gaddis for sure. So yeah, uh... Gaddis sucks anyway. Hey, my, my, uh, my buddy, John Lobb. I don't know if you guys have had John oh, yeah. before, but he's great dude. And uh, amazing dude, and uh, he lo- he's a big Michigan fan too. And he he called the uh, Michigan offense under Harbaugh for so long the Neanderthal offense. We're gonna run it with six different running backs up the gut fifty Full times back. a game and uh, throw it twelve times. That's what yep. we drag our knuckles up and down the field. Yep. Yeah, exactly. The least yep. innovative uh, offense in the history of offenses. And but, you know, and it last works against year, everybody against Ohio State. So last yep. year, what did they have? Two running backs and no receivers and nothing else and a shit quarter quarterback so what did you need to do you need to run the ball so what right. do you do yeah i mean you play to your strength for sure but yeah i mean i so i don't know a lot about uh kevin o'connell i just well, know that the the old the the trope for the last couple of years has been all right we got to interview the three top candidates plus this guy shook sean mcveigh's hand in the airport so we're going to get him into interview too right. so that's kind of right. how it's been recently well and i think too what, what you kind of said this it, if it's if it's as simple as he came in with a plan of how to use Kirk Cousins, that might have been enough, right? right? Because like we were talking Kirk Cousins, he has a $45 million cap hit, the third largest in the NFL. I mean, I, who's bigger than him? Rodgers well, and who? I was isn't well, I don't think Mahomes is yet, but there's I, I can look that up. But I'm saying, like, even if you're looking at it like that is crazy, that just that's too much. So I'm guessing that that offense, that that GM room, the, the interview was like. Well, we're definitely not getting rid of cousins. You got a plan for that. And Kevin O'Connell was like, here, let me show you my 12 point plan. And no one else did that. And so they're like, well, well, he's the guy, right? Like, we're just going to go. 40, with, he's got a plan. 45 million. By yeah, 45 the way. million cap hit, which is nuts. It's the last year of his contract, but he's 34, according to spot track here. And it's just like, what? the? That's a that's a massive cap hit for Kirk Cousins. He's not worth it, obviously. But like we were saying, you can't get rid of it either. You, you're going to have to do like give them 10 million in cousins for in a pick or something, you know what I mean? It's, you're going to have to sell the future and it just doesn't make sense. So I think that that might be part of the reason, but it's also like we were saying too, he, he comes from the McFay family tree. He comes right. from a couple of family trees, actually like Kubiak, you know, he's got some familiarity with some of that. So there is some, there is some overlap. And so it kind of makes sense the more I look into it and it hasn't been that much yet, but I am curious to see how that goes for that offense. I'm a Justin Jefferson fan. Right. I want to see him do yeah. well. I like Adam Thielen, even though he's getting older. I really do think that Irv Smith has a chance to come back from that injury and be a stud for fantasy. So I'm hoping that all pans out. I love Dalvin Cook. I mean, like they have a lot of good skill players. And if you look at it, it, it kind of not all the way, but it kind of lines up to what you could see with with uh, L.A. and the Rams and what they've done. You know, they had uh, Cup and Woods and Beckham and you could kind of put. I don't know if you want to really put KJ Osborne as their third in Minnesota, but like you could kind of line these guys up in a similar way and you, you could force this, this, you know, blur your eyes a little and see the same offense. So maybe that's the thought, right? I just don't yeah. know enough about him to really get excited, but I'm not unexcited, which I guess is something. Right, right. Yeah, I think this is going to be, we're going to know pretty quick. Uh, like halfway yeah. through the year, whether all right, O'Connell is crushing this and the Vikings are doing great, you know, and uh great first year, whatever, or 
this is a disaster. They got to get Eric Bieniemy in here. This yeah. is uh, a nightmare. I well, think so, it's going to be one of the two. And I even think it could be at the draft. We start to see some of that too, because it, we this is going to be like, how does this team go? Where are they going? What, what do they need? Where are they going to do this? The right thing? Are they going to trade back? Like, especially if Rogers moves, leaves this division, it, oh, it becomes wide open. Wide open. Big time. So it almost it, is already, even with yeah. Rogers there, because you, at any minute at week three, he could just quit. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I got a great podcast deal. I'm going to go. Like, we don't know. Like, I was talking about this the other day. If Aaron Rodgers retires, can you imagine just the eclectic group of people you're going to have at this Hall of Fame ceremony between Brady fans, Steelers fans, (laughs) and Rodgers fans? I mean, it it would be Antonio uh, Brown fans. Yeah. (laughs) So. Yeah, real quick, we talked about uh Kirk Cousins cap number 45 million. You're right, it is third. Aaron Rodgers 46-6, Matt Ryan 48-6. Wow, so he's not the starting quarterback for the Falcons too. next year, in case anybody's wondering. Yeah, so. they want to put Matt Ryan in Pittsburgh too because Ben. Well, I mean, it's, it's the same problem happening. Yeah, yeah. it's just not happening. This is this is where it's going to be Jimmy G. So well, I, I agree. I, I do this it. all the time though. I I I use Twitter as kind of like a sounding board, and so sometimes I'll put a thought out there, and then somebody will be like, "That makes zero sense. You're an idiot. Here's why." And I'm like, "Noted." Like, okay, I didn't think yeah. of that. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like I don't know. I'm just between calls at work and just threw something out there. Dude, have know. you like, put a mock draft up on there yet? So not a full oh, mock draft. <laughs> And I, that just I, crushes your soul. No, but I'm not. I'm probably not ever going to. That's not. Yeah, really luckily my lane. no one. I don't have enough people paying attention to me to, to get that much. But yeah, I, I do get the. Uh, I, I think I put Matt Crowell on the Giants because I was like, hey, look, you know, maybe a new. Oh, actually, this is I love Dabble. that actually. I don't mind that. This yeah. is before Dabble got hired. But I oh no, like, see, I yeah, I love that. I think with Dabble, you have uh, you know, you have a mobile quarterback in Josh Allen. Maybe you want to bring the same type of thing in. Maybe yeah. Danny Dimes isn't the the answer here. Maybe you can flip him and get you know, third or fourth round pick something. And the first comment was. The Giants aren't taking an effing quarterback. What are you thinking? And I was like, well, there you go. It's Welcome to Twitter. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't I mean, matter. It's... It doesn't matter what I could. I could have put Tom Brady. They're not going to take Tom Brady. You're crazy. Yeah, well, I've done some like matter. I've done some fantasy mock drafts for fantasy pros. And, you know, I put that article out and I get like a couple comments. that are like, there's no way that this person is valued. I'm like, it's it literally like it's subjective. It's a rookie right. draft. I'm just it rankings. It's just in a fun way. Like, calm down, dude. Like you're taking it too serious. Right, and I see right. it all the time with NFL mock drafts where it's like, this is literally somebody just like game playing it all out. Like, why are we upset? It's just one random guy. And yeah. again, just one Breaking random guy news, with a microphone. On like, Twitter calm down. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's not even that. It's just like, t- spend your energy elsewhere, man. Like, Seriously, just why you got to do yeah. that? Anyway, anyway, that's a sidebar for another day. The other coach, <laughs> I don't want to forget about this because I do want to hear some of your guys' thoughts. Um, I, I, I mean, we can get into the whole Josh McDaniels, Mike McDaniel kind of conversation, but I'm really curious to see what the Denver Broncos are going to do with Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, they just signed all of their receivers. They've got everybody locked in. They've got Javante Williams. They've got Noah Fant. Like they've got their skill positions except for quarterback. And of course, Hackett comes from Green Bay. So there's all that narrative you can build. Does Aaron Rodgers go to Green to go from Green Bay to Denver and all this? I don't think he does. I just don't think that makes the most sense for anybody. But does Nathaniel Hackett really help that offense get better if we don't know who the quarterback is? Or is it really just writing on who the quarterback is at this point? What do you think, Sidlow? I'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, obviously the quarterback's important. But you got to remember, Hackett's actually pretty versatile. He started his coaching career under John Gruden. So that's kind of old school West Coast. Um, Check his emails. 
Then he was with, uh, <laughs> yeah, if you want to get rid of him. Oh, uh, <laughs> then uh, he was with Doug Marone for a while, too. And Marone's kind of known for that old school power rushing attack. Um, you know, so cool for Javante Williams, right? And then obviously he was uh, with the Packers. He knows how to use two running backs. So we'll see if they resign Melvin Gordon or bring someone else in. Um, so, yeah, I mean, all the pieces are there. Uh, you know, I, I think it's actually kind of, it's kind of hard to screw it up. I mean, honestly, like they should be average just as a baseline. They should be a middling offense. And with any sort of quarterback, they should be a top 10 offense. Well, that's kind of what it, that's kind of what I mean. Let's say they keep Bridgewater, right? And does, if, if you just well, change the, well, I don't need, I hope not too. Don't get yeah. me wrong. We're saying, let's just, let's keep the team as it is. And you just change the coach to Nathaniel Hackett. Does that move the needle at all positive for you? Because it does. Well, for me. it does because Fangio was such an old piece of shit who didn't exactly. Fangio did to so do anything yeah. with offense. You need to get him Shermer, on Madden. Shermer to... was hamstrung. He couldn't do anything. <laughs> you got to get too bad because I actually like Shermer as an OC. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get Fangio on Madden to learn, you know, uh, clock management. Too. Yeah. It's yeah. the worst, well, the worst part of his game and his game was pretty bad. So, uh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm with Scott on this one, you know, uh, it, nothing's really going to matter until they switch that quarterback out. You know, if you, if you switch one for one, maybe they're nine and seven, maybe they're a playoff team. If you're pulling the very best out of Teddy Bridgewater, which we haven't got in years from Teddy Bridgewater, may never you know, get, yeah. And no. probably will never get again. No, you know, you. unfortunately I think Teddy's a great dude, but he just, he's not an NFL caliber starting quarterback anymore. So, you know, uh, I, I think if you drop in a Russell Wilson or uh, Rogers, and I don't know what they're, you know, I haven't gone and looked at, at their cap number or anything, if they can even afford these guys, but they're the definition of quarterback away. And I, I'll, I'll push back on the Rogers definitely isn't going to do it. I don't, I think it's, not probably not going to happen. I think uh, it's more likely he would retire than go to Denver, but we did just see Tommy Brady go from, you know, go from new England to Tampa Bay and win a super bowl. We just saw Matt Stafford go from Detroit to LA and he's in the super bowl. So I don't know that it's that crazy to think that he would go to Denver. Now the path to the super bowl gets harder. Because now you're in the same division with Kansas City and yep. uh, Los Angeles with Herbert, Herbert. and Mahomes. Yeah. So you might be the third best quarterback in your division, you know, if you take a step back because of age, if you're in Rodgers. So, but you're still a much better team with that guy. And, you know, now you have Pittsburgh and, and Denver and uh, somewhat similar situations roster wise. They're both yes. kind of a quarterback away, although Denver's offensive line, while it is not good, is much better than Pittsburgh's because Pittsburgh's is awful. Yeah, which yeah. is worst offensive line I've ever seen. Denver has a kind ton of, of cap space, so they can well, say, they, they can sign whoever they want. Well, and even then, like Denver, it says, and this is according to Spot Track, it has uh, Denver with thirty nine million, and the Pittsburgh Steelers shows thirty two million. I mean, that that's pretty close, and thirty two is more than I thought the Steelers had. So maybe this yeah, isn't the right number is. or something. But th- you're right; they're they're very similar kind of openings, I guess, and and very similar options for a quarterback to go to. I I'm not even I'm not sure of anything. Let's be clear; like I, Both I have tough nothing. divisions though. Cincinnati very much, and Baltimore. Very much. Both up and coming too with young quarterbacks. So. So with Herbert and Mahomes, obviously young and going to be there for a while. Same with Burrow and uh, Lamar, kind of, you know, in the AFC. Like, same logic. That AFC right now, all of the AFC is pretty tough, right? And I think yeah. that's partially why Brady left the AFC. He goes, I got a much better chance going to the NFC, especially the NFC South, which is riddled with holes all over the place. Right. Like, and it's East Coast. It's going to a team where they're going to let me run it. Why not, right? Um, and, and you I get to live in Florida and not Boston. I, I just don't see Aaron Rodgers going the other direction, going from the NFC where he's had a pretty good run with Green Bay and has had a pretty good career. I mean, you know, not 
I wouldn't say stellar, but I would put him in the Hall of Fame. I don't think that's a really big debate. But at the same time, you got to look at it like if you're going to go to the AFC, you're going to struggle, I think, on that transition. And I don't see Aaron Rodgers wanting to struggle. I don't see right. him wanting to go somewhere and build something. That's just not what he feels to me. Like like we said before, Aaron Rodgers is the kind of guy who wants to go somewhere like a Brady did and go land somewhere and be done. As much as that's perfect in Pittsburgh and in Denver, the, the context is very different. It's very Dude, different in those two teams. Murdered behind the Steelers offensive line. Yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. yeah. Pretty much any quarterback would. So, yeah. uh, True. you know, uh, I, I, do, I don't see Rodgers. The cap hits too big. The, you know, there's too many hoops to jump through to get him to Pittsburgh just to, you know, like you said, make it harder to get to the Super Bowl. So, well, so, and I'm, I'm kind of looking at the, you know, cap space here in general. And it looks like, and this is going to sound kind of crazy after what we just said with the AFC being so, so tough. The top seven teams with cap space are all in the AFC. You know what I mean? Like, yep. you're, it's just going to get tougher. You know what I, know, I mean? Like, what are we uh, it's doing Miami, here? two. I know Jacksonville's one, right? Miami is one. Miami's one. Los Angeles, two. two. Jacksonville, oh, okay. three. In this, in this, again, in this spot track, I've got Miami, Chargers, Jaguars, Bengals, Jets, Broncos, Colts, and then Colts. the Seahawks, Seahawks, and then the Steelers. So it's like, and, and then the Commodores. I'm going to call them the Commodores. Shout out to my buddy Jeff Sentinels. Bell. Because, Sentinels. no, either way, but like, there's just, I'm not calling them the Commanders. I have a, I have a hard time. Commies? It's going to take a minute. Ooh. that's why i like commodores because it's like it's even like lamer you know what i mean like oh but anyway <laughs> um I, the only other coach that we really haven't gone into and i'm not sure how much there is to get into but is dennis allen i mean dennis allen in new orleans that team needs a whole lot of stuff they've done some crazy cap work and they've got Taysom hill and they're only 76 uh, million over the cap projected for next year so uh, yeah i was gonna what say is they're dennis in the worst allen doing well, I, can he get himself into worse situations here? <laughs> Let's go to Oakland where we have no cap space and our quarterbacks are Terrell Pryor. And uh, who's the other guy? McGloin, uh, the Penn hmm. State kid, right? Yeah, Pat McGloin. Matt McGloin, Mike McGloin, whatever. Uh -huh. All I know is Terrell Pryor as a quarterback ran a 92 yard <laughs> touchdown against the Steelers when Paul Malu was way past his prime. And I think it's still <laughs> the longest. He just whiffed. He, he yep. went the wrong way. Pryor ran uh, past him. And Pryor's running four three. No one on the Steelers running four 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 faster at that point. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, and then they're they're strapped by the cap. They're trading away first round picks because they can't even afford to sign him. And now he takes over for the Saints, who are in the exact same scenario. This guy is the opposite of Josh McDaniels. He is yeah. not learning from his past mistakes at all. I mean, it's got to be tough to say no to an NFL head coaching job when someone offers it to you, especially well, he because he's there. Well, I understand. Yeah, well, and that's the thing is, well, he's he already here. all of this already. Like, it was almost like he saw it firsthand. He saw the car crash coming and was like, hey, do you want me to drive? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, he's like, it's just, what are you? Oh. I don't get it either. But at the same time, maybe he, he got, sees I mean, this, this is as a, a good team. But well, again, maybe he sees this as an opportunity to redeem himself from his past failure. Right. And be like, yeah. let me try it again. He maybe yeah. He also he's been there. Maybe he knows some of the numbers are, are fake. You know what I mean? Like because they did this crazy stuff with Taysom Hill where they signed him to like a $40 million deal that was not True. really a real deal. Like maybe the only thing is, some of the inside sauce. I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud here. So apparently Pete Carmichael is stepping down as the OC and taking on like a different role or something, which doesn't make it. Why would you, why would you do that? Like he's getting out of the way is what he's doing. He's smart. Right. So yeah. that offense, as we know it, the Peyton Carmichael offense is not going to be there and they still have nobody to catch the ball. We don't really know who the quarterback's going to be. So from a fantasy standpoint, then you got this Camara stuff going on. I mean, yeah. I, man, it's a disaster the right there. Are in not trouble. marching in? That's for damn sure. The Saints are marching out. 
And so yeah. let, let, while we're here, let's, I wanted the reason, one of the reasons I wanted to get into this, of course, is that Dennis Allen being a defensive coach and, you know, been with the team, but I'm not sure he's the right fit and all this. I mean, what Bogman, what are we doing with Kamara? Have you made any trades? Have you seen anything? What, what are you doing in dynasty leagues with Calvin Kamara right now? I'm holding until I see yeah, so. what goes on. I, I just can't, I'm not going to be the guy to sell in a panic. You know, Same. I'd rather go, I'd rather go down with the ship in, in that scenario. So, um, you know, I, it's all he said, she said at this point, I think his, isn't his court date in March at March, some point. So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I'm just going to hold <laughs> and, and see what happens. And I think, you know, uh, it's, it's almost similar to, I mean, we've seen this scenario happen a bunch of times, right? Uh, so unfortunately, yes. Todd Gurley had something like this too. Where, Joe Mixon. Yeah. Joe, Joe Mixon. Rice. Yeah. Well, I mean that those were domestic violence. Well, those are different. Like yep. Being yep, an yep. idiot at a bar, you know? Yep. So, uh, I mean, I, they're going to drop a whole bunch of money on this guy and he's going to go away. I mean, I think everybody knows that that's going to end up being what ultimately happens. Um, so I, I just, I'm just going to hold Alvin Kamara because he's going to well, be, I can't imagine not being the entire offense there next year. Well, that's kind of where I was going to get into. We were just bashing this offense. Like, what are we going to do? It's give Alvin Kamara the ball, I guess. Like just, right. I, it doesn't matter who you get at this point, bring in uh, a Tyra Taylor, right? Like we were just saying, like bring in Tarod, have him hand the ball off to Alvin Kamara and they'll get another quarterback next year. Right? Like let's, it's kind of a punt year for this team. You don't have enough cap space to make a higher, like a, a you know, a big splash uh, free agency the playoffs in that division. Well, and that's where it gets even weirder because the way that division is set up now with Brady exiting and, and maybe that whole team blowing itself to pieces, you've got Carolina, who knows what's happening there. You got Matt Ryan that's earning all mess. this money, but not really earning. Like it, it, Literally the, the winning team of the NFC South could be seven and 10 and make the playoffs. I mean, it could happen. So like, maybe that's what Dennis Allen is like, maybe I can sneak into the playoffs and use this to get to a better job. But Back to yeah. Alvin Kamara for a second. We talk about this a lot on the show, Scott and Sidlow, I should say. Uh, we talk about this a lot. Don't buy running backs right now, but I'm kind of buying Kamara if the price is right. Like if somebody is panic selling, I am all for that. Like, why not? Let's add a little risk. Now's the time to do it. You know what I mean? Like if the cost is low enough, there's nothing but reward, right? I mean, Sidlow, is it, if, if Alvin Kamara was offered to you for, I don't know, let's say two second round picks, would you say yes to that? Yes. Right. Like there's there's a price that everybody's OK with it. Like I literally I got in my inbox the other day. I got uh, their Alvin Kamara for my James Conner and Dalton Schultz. It's a tight end premium. But I already had Waller and I'm like, well, yeah, yeah I'll take Kamara for it. that. Like, yeah, yeah. like tight, tight end 12 or 10 or whatever. Like it's just a, yeah. a flat circle. Like I can find 30 guys to fill Dalton Schultz's role. And James Conner might have one or two more. I don't know, plays left in the NFL. Play. We don't know. So yeah. yeah. So like I'm I'm happy to tag Alvin Kamara. But I, I also think that there are people out there trying to sell Kamara much like I am now in that league for his actual value. Now is not the time to do that. You right. cannot do that. You have to wait for a good blurb. You have to wait for even if let's say his court date is, I don't know, March 8th. March 9th, it comes out that the court case is settled, no charges filed. Trade block Alvin Kamara immediately. Because right. his value is going to rocket back up. You don't move him now. But I'm definitely sending offers in those other leagues where either I'm rebuilding or I'm in the middle and I don't know what I'm doing. Like I'm sending offers like two seconds in it for Camara, two seconds in Connor, two seconds in Drake. I don't you know any of those kind of things. You're telling anybody with Alvin Kamara on the roster, trade that criminal. He's not gonna yeah. do anything. I'll they take that me. stress off your plate. Yeah, I'll yeah. be happy to just I'll, I here, mean, I'll, I'm rebuilding anyway. Man, Let me give you some stuff and you give me Kamara back and it'll be fine. You're I really burning not. me on this trade. Those those second yeah. round picks are only gonna go up in value. <laughs> Kamara could not play another down. I mean, honestly, that video comes out, we're screwed. You're not gonna get better value if that video comes out. You might as well trade him now. Like 
Where, Honestly, where do like, you guys stand on the I offer you a trade and I send you a paragraph to justify it? I can't stand it. Uh, <sighs> is that, is I that won't read it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> I was trying to think of a way to say that. But my logic is I don't look at the paragraph until after I've rejected it. Like until right. like in my head or like mm-hmm. I, I see uh, usually it's MFL and it comes through and I see the trade offer and I'm like, eh, it doesn't feel right. And I usually what I what I've started doing a new tactic is I don't immediately accept or reject. I, I look at the email and I close my email and I go do something else. And I come back to it and I go, yep, still feeling like that's a bad trade. Like it wasn't a snap decision. <laughs> right, right. But right. then on that second time through, I'll read because I've already decided and I'll read the thing and be like, oh, no, none of that makes sense to me. Like, no, I'm not believing any of that. Um, that but yeah, that's I love why that. I'm a terrible trader because I'll read it and then I'm I'm pretty deliberate about making moves like that. So I'll, I'll read it, 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 the trade offer, and then I'll go, oh, God, let me think about it for a couple of days and then I'll forget. <laughs> You know, I just, yeah. it's, it's something that happens. And then I get hit up. Hey, what about this? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I had, I had uh, one of my guys and we do a three sport league, basketball, baseball, football, oh, and you can, awesome. you can trade uh, between it. all three of them. And I got this offer and, and this guy came back. He's like, all right, look, I know I've hit you four times. You haven't responded. This is what I would need. Uh, this is, it, it was kind of like, I haven't negotiated against myself. And he's like, this is my last offer. Okay. And I was like, oh, well, I'll do that one, you know, cause he, he bumped it up a little bit. Yeah. And then I'm sure he was super frustrated with me, yeah. but, but we got the deal done. So, you know, it, it did end up working. So that was well, nice. We, you know. we talk about trading a lot on the show, obviously with our find me a trade, we're going to get into here in a second. But the, the point of it, in my opinion, anyway, kind of circling back on this is send those offers out, right? You never know yeah. what the, that manager is going through. And I think too, if if um, if I'm the the Camara manager, and I get, let's say, I get three offers in my league from three three separate managers, I already now know who those managers are. If I do want to sell them, if I do want to get rid of them, that's who I'm going to first, right? right. They showed some interest; they're probably going to pay more. Whether they will or won't is a whole different argument. But in my head, that's where I start. So even if you're not sending what I would call a valid offer, like let's say it's a I got an offer for, I think it was for, uh, I don't even remember who it was, but it was like two thirds and two fourths for someone. And I'm like, come on, man. Like, I, that, why I would hate I, that. what are I we just, doing here? Like, what am I, even if it's somebody like Robbie Anderson, I'm not doing that. Like, what are we see, doing? Those, like, those, I feel no guilt about uh, well, hitting reject and never coming back to it. Of course, you know I mean? of course. But like, it's still put, on, put that in the back of your head. Like that guy went after my guy for cheap. Maybe he'll pay up. Maybe, you know, what about a second and a point. future yeah. third? You know what I mean? You use that logic later on. You don't have to save it. And don't I, some people like I know John Bosch, for instance, writes it down as like a notebook for everybody. I have a league sheet for that. I try to keep track of, but too many leagues. It gets out of hand. Point being is keep some of this in your head. Like if you do get a crappy offer, so it's not don't just immediately throw it away save it in your inbox, right? Reject, save it in your inbox and put it in a folder somewhere in your email if you're playing on MFL and be like, who do I need to go attack on this? Let me go search Camara in my search bar on Gmail and say, here's all the Camara trades that were offered to me. I didn't take any of those in January or February, but now we're into August and people are needing running backs. Those guys came at me first. I'm going to start with them because they may pay more, right? Yeah. That's kind of where my head goes on this. And again, it's part of that long game because by August, we'll have a ton more info. We don't know which direction, good or bad, but we'll have more info and that can be helpful. So I think that pretty much covers where I wanted to go on the coaches talk. Was there, I guess, Bogwin, was there anybody you wanted to talk about more or any, any thoughts you still had before we move on? Um, I, I mean, I, I think we covered it. I, I, I think uh, Mike McDaniel is, mm. a, a, you know, it, it, that's a weird situation that he's going into, but I think uh, that's a good hire. Uh, uh, Scott, you know, like you liked e- Eberflus, right? I mean, yeah. um, you know, in, in 
not in terms of fantasy, but uh, in terms of a coach hire, I like yeah. that too. And, you know, just bringing some stability. I mean, let's, let's just get Justin Fields. Let, let, let's just, let's just get him out there and let him throw the damn ball down the field. For God's sake. I, I just, I don't understand hamstringing these guys sometimes like Miami did it with Tua last year too. And you know, don't let him throw the ball more than five yards down the field. Cause he's got a pop gun arm or whatever. Then why did you draft him? Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, right. Same thing with Justin Fields. If you're going to get him out there, let him do it. You know, it's a, it should, it'll be the same thing for Trey Lance this year too. Uh, should he see the field? Oof, if he's going to he get should. out there, let Goodness. him do it. Well, not according to Joe Montana, but you know, uh, it, just <laughs> let him get out there and do it. Uh, I, I don't, I never understood hamstring these guys. Yes. You don't want him to turn the ball over. If he starts turning the ball over a bunch, ratchet it back, but don't take it away from him to start. That's ridiculous. Well, and I think you're hitting on something there, though, is that in both of those situations with Miami and Chicago, the the rookie quarterback was taken by the previous administration. So it it kind of hamstrings you a little bit as a coach because you know that guy's not going anywhere. And but so that like, goes you put it, back to listening to your players. Well, and that's yeah. kind of where I was going to say, like, that's yeah, the perfect yeah. idea then is you're not moving the quarterback, then you have to move with the quarterback, right? And right. there was a phrase, I've said this And before. hype him up to trade him well, if you really don't like him. At I the mean, very least. Good stats, yeah. at least, for Christ's sake. Well, yeah, but I'm saying there's a phrase that I've said before. I think I've said it on this podcast, even. If you can't get out of something, get into it, right? Like, if I can't get out of Tua, then I'm going to make Tua the best damn quarterback I can be. And I think Mike McDaniel came out with that. There was that audio clip or, you know, video clip or whatever. He's saying, like, you're going to, I'm going to make you the best quarterback of all time. That's what you're talking about. Like, even if you, even if you don't believe it, that's what you have to do. You have to hype him up. You have to give him confidence that you're not going to go anywhere. It's not the Kirk Cousins situation. You know what I mean? This is the exact opposite. This is a young quarterback with a lot of, you know, well, a lot of potential and a lot of upside. And you kind of need to corral some of that in and give him confidence to boost it to that. And I think Mike McDaniel is not a bad fit there, but I just don't know how that offense is going to look. It, it makes me a little nervous. I mean, Gasecki could be amazing. I mean, if he comes and, brings a lot of that uh, San Francisco style. I mean, Gusecki could be the next Kittle and we got running backs all over the place. I think Duke Johnson's still on that team, right? Like there's a whole bunch of options. They may go get somebody. So Miami is an interesting, I think it's going to be an interesting game to watch with them. Sidlo, do you have anything on Miami, I guess, before we move on or anybody else? Um, I do. It was a part of my two final notes. Miami Perfect. hired the man, the myth, the stalker pervert, Wes Welker, <laughs> as his, uh, if you ever look up an old Wes Welker uh, photo, he definitely looks like a pedophile. Uh, but anyway, he's a great <laughs> wide receivers coach. And Jalen Waddle stock up, baby. Wes Welker yes. is his his coach, his wide receivers coach. So Jalen Waddle's already flying up in these rankings. And, 15 uh, catches a game. Let's go. Only only good for him, man. So uh, stoked for, for my guy, Waddle. Um, and lastly, my final note is, uh, I'm, I'm curious to see if, uh, McAdoofus makes it longer <laughs> than Joe Brady in Carolina did last year. So, uh, Cooper Cup just won MVP, by the way, we will. Hey, did you Cooper Cup? Good job. I don't have the sound on here, obviously. Cause I'm, I'm with you guys, but it, uh, they, it was Brady and Rogers and cup and Taylor. I'm a, it could be wow. offensive player of the year, but I don't, I don't know. That's amazing. That's amazing. There you go. There you go. It's it's all for fun. But I guess the other the other thing you were talking about there, Scott, and I, I want to go back to this Ben McAdoofus. I love that. That's a terrific nickname. Yeah. Um, but I, has McAdoo ever and this is going to sound terrible. Has McAdoo ever been good or great? Maybe I feel like he's been good ish, but I think he had a couple good years as the OC. So he was with Green Bay. Remember under McCarthy. Yeah. OK. Yeah. And so is McCarthy's offense. So, again, what exactly. we're really doing, I don't know. 
But then he, uh, the Giants offense, he had a couple of decent years there. The Victor Cruz, you know, there was a Victor Cruz year, I believe, in there. Um, a couple other guys. So, yeah, I think he had some decent success as an actual offensive coordinator, more so than some of these guys we've seen recently. Um, so I do give him a shot there. But again, it's going to depend on the quarterback because you can what do you you can't do anything without a quarterback so what are they going to do the problem is there's a that could be a spot for for um you know rogers right you go wow look at this division um you know here's a great spot their defense is young and up and coming and they're you know there's some nice skill pieces but then it's like look at this coaching staff and look at this you know what how does this work but then again rogers has familiarity with the offense and uh you know that could be a good fit right so i I think it's kind of like a dark horse thing there but uh yeah i just i just don't know what's happening with matt rule and and all that and i think it's too much in flux i don't think we're going to see a big name quarterback go there but i know the owner is going to try to get somebody so maybe uh, watson i've heard about that for years i feel like ben ben mcadoo i just like Look, seeing a picture of Ben McAdoo, he just, if you guys ever saw the, sh- the movie, the burbs with Tom Hanks, right? Oh uh, yes. He, he was exactly like the neighbor, the, the yep. goofy neighbor with his weird haircut. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, uh, I, I, I don't know why that just reminded me of that movie, but Ben McAdoo. That's a good one. Like that's that. a, it's a yeah. deep cut. Yeah. I'm a fan. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. So I think we've covered a lot of the coaches. Obviously we still have to see a lot of this play out at this point. It's pretty speculative. We're trying to, you know, piece together narratives from different coaching trees and, you know, kind of build a puzzle without a picture. Is, is kind of Eric the enemy like that bad uh, of an well, interview? I, uh, I'm not be. sure. I, I'm he just not sure be. he wants it. I just don't know if he wants it. I, I, yeah. I've talked about this for years. Then why is he like, interviewed 36 times? Be, um, I don't want to get into the, why has he gotten an interview <laughs> question on this podcast? Well, I not, feel like why, but why does he accept? That? No, why does because, he take it? Yeah. Because I think he feels like he should, there, there's this weird double-edged sword of this. And, and maybe this is a good rabbit hole to go down for a minute. I think Eric B is one of those guys that gets offered to be a coach and he goes, well, I mean, all right, I'll go check it out. And then he goes and checks it out. He goes, nah, that, nah I'd rather just be with Pat Mahomes and not have Andy to do reading Pat Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's yeah. honestly like, I, I don't blame him for, for checking, but I also don't blame him for ever buying. Do you know what I mean? Like he's the perfect window shopper. He, he checks a box for the owner's team. And I hate saying that, but that's kind of what this rule is becoming. Yeah. And so it's an easy, because again, he hasn't been hired. So it's easy when they pass over him. It just becomes this narrative self-fulfilling prophecy in a way where it's like, he never gets hired. So no one ever hires him. Right. Where it's like, it, and again, I'm oversimplifying a very complex situation, but that's kind of where my head goes with this. And so I think, why does he take it? Because he's like, eh, I'll go check it out. And I think the enemy's a good guy, but he's got some, he's had some drama in his past and there's some potential that if he gets a head coaching job, some of that stuff becomes more, I don't know, obvious or noticeable. And there's some potential PR backlash that maybe teams don't want, but they bring him in because he checks them. I mean, again, I don't know. I've heard from different people that I trust that he doesn't interview very well. So again, part of this could be just he doesn't really want it. So I think that's why he doesn't interview. Well, like again, I just think I don't. None of us know, but that's my right. pure guess. That's my pure guess. It was offensive player of the year for ah, okay. By the way, okay, so my Good. bad. Yeah. Those those people listening are going, "You're an idiot." No, what the hell? I love that when we do live stuff. We do this. <laughs> we do this on Thursdays a lot during Thursday night football. So oh we're familiar yeah with yeah it. yeah we're, mm. we're familiar. Um, it's like no 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 they come back. I've listened to it myself. I'm like don't sit up oh, there. It is anyway. Um, okay so. I think we've said what we need to say on coaches for the third and final time. I think we've covered this. Um, I, I do think there will be more talk coming up and this is not the end of coaching carousel discussion. We will have a lot more discussions in the future here on dynasty junkies and in the dynasty community in general. 
Obviously, on Twitter is a great place to interact if you want people to hate your thoughts and to, to kind of give you mean opinions. It's always the place to be. But with that being said, let's get into our final segment of the night, which is, I would say, is my favorite segment. This is the thing that just brings me joy. Find me a trade. Let's get a trade done. All right. So I will read the, the beginnings of this. If Scott, if you want to read the settings, I'll start it out. But um, this was submitted by listener Tommy at Tommy B.I. 467-81407. Hoping well, those numbers mean one, something. I'm hoping they mean something. They probably don't. Uh, I did reach out to Tommy. I did not get a response. So we have no comments from Tommy this week, which is going to be interesting. But the at the same Tommy. time, it gives us a lot of flexibility to be like, we'll do whatever the hell you want then, right? We don't know yeah, what we're doing. That's so, right. pick, so it's kind of nice. Um, the league is an Apex Amateur Dynasty 225. I don't know where that name comes from, but I love it. It's a terrific, very specific Apex name. Leagues is a uh, managed... Uh... That's what I thought, service. right? And this, so it's the yep. 225 is the, the name, the number of that league, right? Like, yep. exactly. Um, and his team is Steal the Show. I'm going to bring it up here in a minute, but if you wouldn't mind starting with some of the settings, Scott, uh, let me get that up. That'd be great. So it is a 12 team. Um, uh, I don't, it's it says one cube. Uh, I don't know what that is. One um, quarterback, Sidlo. We did this oh, before. Fuck. One quarterback. <laughs> uh, so I guess it's not super flex. Um, not super flex. I'm just messing with you, Tommy. But this is a super flex show when I'm on it. Hey. Anyway. Um, all right. 12 team, one quarterback, 22 roster spots, uh, short bench. I mean, I think, you know, 22 is not, that's not very deep, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so anyway, start 10, one quarterback, two running back, three wide receiver, one tight end, one flex. And uh, and a peak and a death. I don't. Again, I don't know what those are. Um, what is PK? I, I'm, not, P- I'm not familiar. Penalty kicker. A, uh, a, 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 a place kicker. Coach. Oh, it's place. It's a kicker, guys. It's a oh. kicker. Remember those? Oh, I don't play with those. Oh god. No, okay. no, most people don't. It's okay. It's okay. It's an old. We, it's an old school league. So we try yeah, to we, cater yeah. to all sorts of listeners, right. right? There are That's definitely. Right. I mean, I do IDP, but I don't right? kickers. So this is different. This is a short, short roster, short bench. I felt like this was similar to the one we did the other week. Uh, I think Rocky and I did one of these and it is a different challenge when you're doing this because I'm used to like 45 man rosters and you start 12 and it's super flex. I kind of like to twist my brain a little. So I will run through the roster here real quick and just kind of give a, again, one quib. What'd you call it? One cube, one cube, one cube. Yeah, so this cube. guy, he's got some some great cubes on his team. He's got uh, Patrick Mahomes, Trevor Lawrence, and Trey Lance with Jordan Love as a backup. My goodness, that is a lot of quarterbacks in a one QB league. I love it. Uh, running backs, I would I would say his best running back is down here in his injured reserve, J.K. Dobbins. He's also got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Chase Edmonds, Miles Sanders, if he's still valuable. Keyshawn Vaughn could have some spike. Jeffrey Wilson gets the ball every now and then. So it's got some running backs maybe there. All right. Uh, receiver again receiver on the ir aj brown best receiver in my opinion then you got deontay johnson of your pittsburgh steelers mr bogman cd lamb dk metcalf he's still got henry ruggs which i think is terrific like way to just keep going down with that shit my friend (laughs) but uh julio Julio jones and kenny galladay who are both in the declining years of their fantasy uh, relevance he just wanted somebody (laughs) with more yards than jalen rager you know oh Uh, I cut deep. I like it. I mean, at tight end, he's got George Kittle and Kyle Pitts. Stellar. That's a pretty good roster, man. Pretty damn good team. So, Siddle, let's start with you. What trade did you find for us today? Yeah. So, um, you can go ahead and cut rugs in a league like this with a shallow bench. He's he's, he's going to prison. So, you can just cut him. He's not going to play for a long time, if ever. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, get that roster spot back. It does look like he has some picks for next year, which I think I actually screwed up in my trade. Um, but that's all right. There's a team, 1976 Raiders. That was the top team in the league in the uh, regular season. Tom Brady just retired. He doesn't have any quarterbacks. Anytime I can trade a quarterback in a one-quarterback league, especially when I have Mahomes to lean back on, I'm happy to move any one of those guys, whether it's Lance or Lawrence. Um, you know, but so my my offer to him for this particular team was trade Lance and Clyde Edwards Alaire. And like we said earlier in the show, try and pounce on that Camara deal. And uh I said Camara in a second just to balance it out, but I don't believe that team has a second. Again, I get confused by that future picks thing in MFL. I don't I don't think he does. So Lance and CEH for Camara, I would love to get out of uh CEH for sure. Um, and again, I just want all the studs you can have as a general strategy with a shallower roster. I want high end players as much as possible. I did look at potentially packaging for the team that had Jonathan Taylor to try to put together a package for him because I think you have a lot of um, not all the picks that you have are certainly valuable uh, to to send out. And that would be the secondary thing I would look for you to do. Again, you didn't give us a lot of information on what you want to do here, but it looks like you're ready to contend. And in with this particular draft class, I would love to move the two first you have package them with CEH uh, package with Dobbins, you know, either one of those moves to go get an elite running back like Jonathan Taylor. I would love to see you make that move and, and just go all in for this year and crush it. I like that. Yeah. And, and I'll just kind of use mine at the same point. Mine was the same kind of trade Lance and CEH to bring her rain for acres. Same kind of logic, like go get yourself a better running back, consolidate that down. So, I mean, we're on the exact same page. I think CEH is expendable. Lance is expendable as much as he's got upside. You don't need it when you've got Mahomes and you've got, um, <clears throat> sorry, we're drawing a blank. Who's other quarterback. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is right. Like I don't mind Lawrence as a backup, right? You, Mahomes, you're not going to get much better than Mahomes. So what are you trying to do there? You've got Kittle and Pitts. I mean, that's solid at tight end. You've got a pretty damn good crew of receivers on a, on a short bench kind of team, except for rugs, like we said. So, I mean, yeah, running back is the only weak spot and we're on the same page there. said though, but Bogman, what kind of trade did you come up with? I mean, same logic, man. You trade from your strength and the strength of this roster, even though it's a great roster is a quarterback. So uh, I had the same exact idea as Scott. It was uh, trade a QB to the 1976 Raiders team for a running back. He's got uh, the, the Raiders team has got Dalvin. He's got Camara. He's got Eli Mitchell. He's got James Conner and Brady retired. His only other QB is Tua. So he needs a quarterback. You have an abundance. Uh, anyone always could use a running back. So go get a running back from him and give him one of, you know, uh, give him one of the upside guys here. I, obviously, you don't want to trade Mahomes, but, uh, you know, if a Mahomes deal got you back, Jonathan Taylor and 100 percent in you, a one quarterback league. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You could use one of your million draft picks and other quarterbacks to uh, replace Patrick Mahomes. And now you have Jonathan Taylor, who's probably the most valuable dynasty piece there is right now. You know, go do it. Uh, do, do something like that. But yeah, you have to deal from the strength of your team and the, the strength of the team. Yeah. Rogers won MVP, by the way, uh, the, uh, the, the strength of your team is quarterback. So trade from that spot. Well, so that was where I was going with bringer of rain. His only QB on the roster is Jimmy Garoppolo. There you okay. go. Yeah. Another That's guy my, that needs one. Yeah. Well, again, so, like that, that, his only QB. Would you rather it, go into the season with Jimmy or Tua right now? Tua hands down. Jimmy may not Neither. even have a place. Well, he's we're saying he could go somewhere, but I'd rather have Tua, hands down. Yeah. I would pick I, up. I don't trust Jimmy. Waivers. 
<laughs> there you go. There in a one well, QB league, there should be somebody, but looks well, like they then, roster them all in this league. So. I was gonna say there's some there's some teams like this guy's got Kyler Baker and Deshaun Watson. You know what I mean? Like their players are, are are stacking quarterbacks in this league. This guy's got Taysom Hill, Tyler Huntley, Jalen Hurts, and Davis Mills. I mean, like, woof. Like you don't need to. I, I wouldn't roster all of those players. There must clearly be they value them, so take well, advantage. Well, except for the guy that's got just Jimmy G. He's like, I'm riding with yeah. Jimmy G and that's all I need. But I think that's a prime candidate for someone like Lance, too, because maybe Jimmy stays and you got Lance as the backup. Like, you can kind of sell that. That was kind of my thought there. But again, to kind of go back to this for a second, um, he does have two firsts and two seconds in this next draft. Yes. So some of that stuff, too, you in a one QB league, you could do a QB in a second for uh, uh, ETN. Or, uh, uh, you know, one of those guys in that, like yeah. Chase Edmonds, who I think he already Absolutely. has on his team, but one of the, like Tony Pollard, like one of those guys that has a lot of upside too. Because your quarterback, you're not going to get a lot of value in a one QB league. But if you add a second round pick to that, you've already got three other ones in the first two rounds. Like, I don't mind losing a second and a quarterback you have extra of for a running back you could start. So that's kind of our thoughts on that. I don't that. think I do any think... of the picks are going to add to his starting lineup this year. So yeah. use them to package up and either kick it down to a 23 first if you can um and or you know package them and get those elite players on your roster yep and something else i like to do when, when we do these find me a trades is i try to find like who who recently changed value that you can try to capitalize on right and i think lance is one of those guys that there is a lot more narrative hype than maybe production hype right now because jimmy g kind of stalled at the end of the year he didn't take his team to the super bowl and they spent all this draft capital on lance like he's got to be the guy next year and I mean, even fantasy pros, I just heard the podcast from earlier this week or last week, even they, they had uh, the Oracle, Matt, Matt, uh, can't remember his name now, Matt something, uh, Matt F. Friedman. Um, so he was on there and he was saying that Lance could be a QB1 and Yates was agreeing with him. And I'm like, I don't disagree, but there's a ton of hype around Lance's name. Now is the time to sell when that hype is like it is. You know, I think that I'm not saying it's wrong, but it could be. And I think now's the time to try to capitalize. So we're all on the same page here. I think, Tommy, you've got some really good ideas. Hopefully they're not too similar. Uh, but I think you've got mm -hmm. the, the basic thesis here is move a quarterback and something else to upgrade your running back position. I think we're all on the same page there. So with that said, that brings us to the end of the show. So we made it. Everybody, it's over. <laughs> you did a terrific job listening to our rambling about coaches and our finding of a trade. But before we disconnect for the evening and go back to watching the rest of the Aaron Rodgers show, uh, Bogman, why don't you tell people where you are and where they can find you and what do you got coming up that we can find your work? Well, once again, I appreciate you guys having me on and thinking of me to uh, talk about these coaches. It was a great time. I appreciate the invite. You can find uh, my work on my Twitter at Bogman Sports. I'm at uh, InThisLeague.com is my main website where the Welsh and I are doing all of our work, all of our ranks, all of our stuff is over there. I also work for Fantasy Pros, so you can check me next week, starting next week with uh, Pat Fitzmorris on the uh, Fantasy Pros Dynasty show. I also do uh, the individual defensive podcast with my guy Gary Davenport. It's more of an in-season one, but we'll have some draft stuff coming up here uh, really soon, and we'll probably have a show after free agency as well. So you can uh, check me out there. I do college football with Nick Allen and Xavier Trish on college football winning edge. Mm -hmm. um, I do line star with uh, Casey Bubba. Yeah. I'm on sports grid uh, for three hours a week. So uh, if, if you like my voice or my ideas or my dumb references, you can find me somewhere. I'm out there. So once again, appreciate you guys having me. That might be my favorite way. I'm, I'm out there. Just You can yeah. find my dumb opinions <laughs> a lot of places. That's a That's really right. well, really well put, really well put. Well, we really appreciate having you on, Bogman. This is a good time. I know, especially with you taking over that Dynasty podcast for Fantasy Pros, we're going to hear a lot more from you. And so awesome. Excited, man. Looking forward, yeah, looking forward to hearing that, what that show is going to become. I'm excited. I know it 
has a lot of potential over there. So really happy for you on that one. Congrats. Um, I know we obviously have a lot of things we want to try to get through here. So I'm at Andrew Hall FF. You can find me on Twitter. My host, obviously, at, for the night anyway, Scott Sidlow, at Scott underscore Sidlow. Uh, if you hated tonight's show, blame Rocky because he wasn't here. His uh, right. handle is at Dynasty FF Addict. He'll be editing this and we'll love that part. Um, but also make sure you subscribe. I was told to say that, Rocky. They told me to do that at the end. So I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but no, definitely follow us at, at Dynasty Junkies. Uh, you can follow the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network at DAP underscore network. Uh, we tend to go live a lot throughout the week on the DAP network. Uh, you might see the fantasy timeline. You might see some trade addicts here and there. Obviously, us on the junkies were alive almost every Thursday night, as much as we can be. Uh, but definitely subscribe, rate, review. Give us some feedback. Let us know what you like, what you didn't like. We can try to make this show better. Uh, we always tell people to tag us in trades. If you've got questions about stuff, you want to hear us talk about something, tag us on Twitter. Uh, I know Rocky does a great job managing that, and we kind of uh, talk about things throughout the week. But with all that said, obviously, it was a great show. Awesome time, though. But, Scott, I'll let you take us out of here. For the homies in the comments, for Tommy, shout out to Tommy for finding me a trade. For my man, the other Scott, Scott Bogman. <laughs> for my man Andrew Hall and myself at Scott underscore Sidlow on Twitter. Junkies out.